Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. It's day one of MIP TV 2019 and you're joining us live from Cannes in the gardens of the glorious Grand Hotel. The sun is shining on the Riviera. The glasses of rosé are chinking politely as we say santé. But what about the good health of television business as it continues to grapple with the ever-quickening pace of change in media and entertainment? Joining me to take the temperature of this year's MIP TV are Sam Starbuck, executive producer at UK Independent Arrow Media. Hello, lovely to be here. Alex Fraser, senior vice president of acquisitions at German distributor Red Arrow Studios International. Hello. And Tim Hammond, managing director of British audio specialist Wise Buddha. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Sam, let's start with you. You were at MIPDOC over the weekend. Just tell us a little bit about Arrow Media, not to be confused with Red Arrow Studios International. How do you see the factual space at the moment? So I was here for MIPDOC and uh, uh, I was on stage with David Rawl from Smithsonian showcasing our new series for Smithsonian called Britain in Colour. Um, and it's a really exciting opportunity for us to expand our in colour brand actually. We've working on our third series of America in colour for Smithsonian um, and they've asked us to do a three part series about Britain. So it's great to bring history home um, and it's been a really exciting weekend actually. I've seen lots of fantastic um, uh, new factual content coming up on lots of different networks and uh, yeah it's a really exciting time to be a producer in factual actually. So Smithsonian's launching or has launched recently in the UK that's obviously a new outlet for you you already work with them extensively in the US that's a show though that's going to be on on both networks? It is yeah both of the shows will be on both networks Um, and uh, it's been it's lovely actually it's a really new way of doing history Um, we've got quite a lot of experience now of finding really surprising and difficult to access bits of um, old archive footage and then we restore and colorize the footage and it's really helping younger audiences engage with factual and history programming in a really fresh way because the colorization process suddenly what you're looking at doesn't feel like an old bit of film anymore it feels like you're just engaging with the content um, uh, as if it happened yesterday and it's just uh, much more emotionally engaging and uh, it's great to be uh, experimenting with new new ways of, of bringing factual to new audiences. And it does seem that the factual space is enjoying a bit of a rebirth in the same way that scripted drama has been dominating uh, in recent years with the rise of, of series. But um, factual's enjoying that that halo effect now. It seems from SVOD. It, it does feel like that. I know it's it's not a new story is it the 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 SVODs but uh, helping all of us I think and it it helps audiences um, be able to engage with long-form factual series um, in a way that they previously would have done with drama and they're now doing that with factual so that's great for us as program makers as filmmakers it's giving us a lot uh, a lot of opportunity to to experiment with different kinds of long-form programming. Alex, you're across both non-scripted, scripted, so what's the mix and what's the focus for for Red Arrow Studios International this week? Um, For me it's a 50-50 split, but um, since we started with MIPDOC, I think it's interesting to note that for us the movement is more into high-end factual, and maybe that is something that's come as a result of the SVODs leading with uh, long-running series that have attracted audiences um, and we have two series that are launching at this market in particular one 
is The Weekly, uh, which is made uh, for the New York Times um, by our own production company, Left Right. And um, it's made for FX and Hulu. And, and that's a 30, 30 half hour series. Um, incredibly high budget. Um, each, each episode looking like a mini film in itself. Um, and I think, again, we were coming back to talking about storytelling and that's, that's really evident in those, in those films. And the second, the second series is a four part documentary for France Television um, from Elephant, which is The Curse of the Valonia, about uh, France's most notorious uh, unsolved murder case. Um, so I think that you can see that factual market sort of stratifying, if you like, and, and a high-end section emerging, um, which is kind of really taking off. And so what's the impact is that having on your business in terms of scripted as well? Is, is the focus as large now as it has been in recent years? Are the high costs of drama beginning to put a limit, I guess, to some of the ambitions in that space? Um, no, I think um, it's true that there are bigger demands coming from the drama side. But we have, in fact, increased the investment in, in drama, both uh, directly in acquisition, but also in development. Um, I, I think our, it's fair to say that our development slate has grown quite a lot over the last year or so. We hired new staff, my colleague Carlo Ducey, who's looking after uh, development and writer deals. Um, so for us, you know, if we invest in what we see as good quality. One of the discussions is often about getting hold of the IP um, as early as, as possible, the changing role of the distributor in a changing market. Is that the case with you? Are you increasingly having to buy into projects at an earlier well, stage? it certainly is on the scripted side, yes. Um, I don't know that that applies so much on factual. Um, I think that the factual market still seems to be much the same as it was before and that you're coming across projects which are usually looking for gap financing, at least uh, in, in my case. Um, on the scripture side, no, I guess we are, we are spending more on development and, and writer deals, talent-led, if you like. And exploring new avenues to hunt out that, that IP as well. Uh, some, I mean, there's tentative moves, tentative moves. I think one of the, um, one of the things are, is things like podcasting. We have uh, one conversation running about whether podcasting is a way to develop new ideas in a way that actually gives you the opportunity to recoup the cost rather than simply produce a pilot and then that money's gone forever. Um, we haven't done that yet, but there's, um, there are a number of projects that we're looking at to do that. So that's just one area. Tim, podcasting is one of the things that you're here to talk about. This yes. week you were, on a, you were on a panel over the weekend. The crossover between TV and the podcasting space seems to only be intensifying. What, what can you tell us? Um, well, it's great to be involved in what is undoubtedly an exciting moment in audio, effectively. Um, and you know, having taken part in panels at MIT formats over the weekend, which is you know, clearly essentially a TV space to talk about audio, um, I think sort of says something about the moment that audio is having. Um, and as, as has been said, I think um, what, what we're excited by is, um, is the use of audio both as an origination um, piece to develop new ideas and develop new IP and release them first in audio. Um, and there's some great examples of that. Um, but then also as 
uh, part of brand extension and further exploitation of an existing TV piece as well. So whether that might be a sister show or a, 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 you know, an extended storyline in a scripted piece or a, what used to be a, a sister show or a switchover show in um, entertainment format, um, it, it's really interesting to see where audio can fit into uh, it, to both ends, either as a, as I say, as an extension to an existing uh, TV brand, or as to actually finding new TV brands. So one of the ones that you do is the greatest dancer to accompany the the BBC talent show. Tell us about some of the other ones that you're working on. As yeah. Well. Um, so uh, the, the greatest dancer, clearly a, a psycho Thames, uh, you know, big entertainment um, piece for BBC. Um, the, um, the, the the podcast to accompany that is about keeping the brand alive. Uh, the, the, the show itself, the BBC show itself, was a, a weekly show. Um, what the podcast does is um, keeps the brand alive during the week, effectively. Um, it extends, uh, the, sort of deepens the relationship with the existing audience, um, and sort of it, and extends that relationship. Um, that the podcast audience skews quite young in comparison with um, with other platforms. Um, and therefore is quite key, certainly for, for all broadcasters and brands attached in commercial perspectives as well. Um, so that's, and that was a, a fairly straightforward sort of round up, um, sneaky peek behind the scenes type um, show, a little bit of a tease for the next TV episode. Um, and in a fairly straightforward sense. Um, something else, in an, in an extreme to that, is a scripted piece that we're working on which I can't actually, unfortunately, I'm really sorry, cannot tell you too much about, only that it extends an existing um, TV scripted brand into sort of telling additional stories um, about characters in audio. Um, and you know, clearly that's a very, very different thing to um, The Greatest Dancer, audio being used in a very different way. True crime is one of the areas where obviously podcasting has uh, boomed enormously with, with the success of Serial. So uh, that's an area that Arrow's done plenty of work in, or you've done plenty of work in as well. Is that something that you're beginning to look at as well? or We do, um, we do a lot of true crime for Discovery ID, um, and, but we, we do know that uh, other broadcasters and uh, SVODs are interested in exploring true crime with us too and um, yeah I mean the serial podcast was absolutely groundbreaking wasn't it it was fantastic it sort that of kick-started that was really clearly did. a moment that reignited yeah. the, you know podcasting and put it back in the center but true crime something big for us we one of our uh, uh, sort of in terms of audience size successes in podcasting last year was beyond reasonable doubt um, which was actually th then turned into the staircase um, mm. for a, for a separate TV commission as well. Yeah. Same story, yeah. a different aspect on it. Um, I think it's interesting to see once again how you, you wouldn't have thought that a true crime piece in audio would then lead to to a TV, um, you know, to someone developing TV off the back of it. But it's across the genres. Um, yeah, there's there's plenty of history of radio, comedy, and panel turning into you know, successful TV or Little Britain, great piece of radio turns to great piece of um, TV. So there's, there's plenty of experience there. And now the idea of scripted or true crime or factual stuff coming through 
Um, well, there was the the Netflix um, scripted version of Dirty John. Yeah. If you caught that, that started as a podcast, and there's a factual version of that and a scripted version of that. So I think really what we're talking about here is just really good storytelling. People want stories, and they want to consume them in lots of different formats and different platforms, which is great for all of us. What's the big story for you as far as the industry is concerned right now and over the course, I guess, of this week at MIP TV? I mean, for us, I suppose it's, it's finding the storytelling from any source, and they might be unusual sources or at least uh, sources that are, haven't been visited quite so frequently. Um, we have a new series from South Africa um, which we're launching at this market, um, The Girl from St Agnes. And um, that came about because Showmax uh, wanted to get into the originals market and were looking for a partner. And, and we thought that sounded like a great idea and have, have done so. Um, and, and also I think looking for I suppose, traditional sources but providing com uh, com content that is and has been improved, I think, and that's a bit of a, a bit of a general term. But I think the market's so competitive that people are raising their game, um, and I think Australia is one of those sources that is now producing drama, which is much more competitive on a global scale than it was um, even five years ago. Um, and we have a number of Australian titles that we've got at this market as well. So um, for us, it's it's looking at our usual sources of supply and new ones. Uh, yeah, I just for me, I suppose it's the word diversification as much as anything, both in terms of supply and yeah. in terms of distribution. That um, you know, we're all looking for our stories, our ideas um, to come from different places, and we're all looking for new places to exploit them. Whether that be, you know, from app or podcast or you know wherever um, it's not just that sort of blinkered single relationship with a commissioner that pays for something to get put onto television um, those you know those, we've all kind of had to move on from that a bit in order to piece together the money as much as anything else and find new revenue streams although it, i mean i'd just add to that 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 our if you like our existing client base which is still largely dominated by the linear broadcasters are still the people that are providing a lot of our revenue um, so we think about them as much as anyone else when we're looking for new content, that we're not simply chasing the new and the, the different and the edgy and the, the stuff that will look perhaps exciting on Netflix. And there's still a lot of linear broadcasters that are looking for content that will work for them. But for me, what I've really enjoyed is, um, is uh, I can't remember who was talking about it, that it's uh, this, um, the golden age of this uh, a very high-end factual, mm. which for me as a producer, obviously, is fantastic. And that competition um, with the SVODs, the traditional broadcasters, that's good. That's really great for us because it means that um, everyone is raising their game and it means there's more investment and, and more new ways of bringing factual content to new audiences. And that means that we, we all get to make fantastic films, which is great. Okay, well, thank you very much. That's all we've got time for in this episode. Thanks to my guests, to Sam, Alex, and to Tim. There'll be more from us tomorrow. But in the meantime, stay up to date with all the latest news from MIP and elsewhere in the industry by following C21 online, on mobile, and on Twitter. Thanks for listening. <laughs>